Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to the Karma You podcast. This is Chloe Brotheridge. I am a coach, I'm a hypnotherapist, and I'm the author of The Anxiety Solution, and my latest book, Brave New Girl, Seven Steps to Confidence. So today I am doing some quick fire Q&As because I got a lot of questions coming through on Instagram and I thought I would spend a bit of time giving quite a short and sweet answer to as many questions as I can. And hopefully whether or not this specific question and whether or not these specific questions are relevant to you, hopefully the advice will be something that can relate to you in your life as well. So in this podcast, I'm going to talk about everything from boundaries to self-worth, to sleep anxiety, to fear about the future, finding your purpose, health anxiety, morning routines, SAD, and a few other things as well. And if you haven't already, I want to invite you to come on over to karmagu.com forward slash free and enter your email address and I will send you weekly podcast updates and also my anxiety busting toolkit which gives you tools to manage your own anxiety and become a calmer version of yourself. So you can just head over to karmayou.com forward slash free to grab that now. This episode is sponsored by Chloris CBD oil. Everyone in the anxiety world is talking about CBD oil but if you don't know what it is CBD is a non-psychoactive compound found in cannabis and it's used as a food supplement with promising evidence that it actually helps to calm anxiety. One study found that it reduced anxiety during public speaking and the link to this is in the show notes and it's also believed that CBD oil could help manage pain such as period pain by reducing inflammation. I've been taking Chloris CBD for the past few months to help with period pain and PMS and I think it really helps. I love that Chloris take great care to source the best quality CBD, only using the finest organically derived natural ingredients and they rigorously test their products for contaminants and most CBD brands don't do this. CBD isn't a miracle cure for anxiety but it could be really useful as a food supplement to include in your routine and I love using it. Get 10% off Chloris CBD oil when you enter the code KARMAU at chloriscbd.com. That's K-L-O-R-I-S-C-B-D.com. So let's just get straight into the Q&A. So the first question that came in was about anxiety and dating. And let's be honest, dating is going to bring up all our stuff because it is so 
intrinsically linked to our fears in lots of ways. It's linked to our fear of rejection, you know, of not being good enough. So many of us have this, you know, the pressure that society puts on us to have a partner and settle down. And so there are a lot of reasons why this can be an anxiety provoking experience and yet it doesn't have to be. So my main advice when it comes to this is to really look after yourself and do what you can to enhance your own self-esteem while you're going through you know, the experience of dating. What can you do to make you feel good? That might be about scheduling in lots of self-care, that might be about really focusing on positive experiences with dating that you've had in the past. It might be about asking your friends and family to remind you about your good qualities and about the wonderful things that you have to offer. Whatever it is, just making sure that you're building yourself up before you get out into the world. Secondly, when it comes to rejection, you know, we're all gonna get rejected at some point in our lives, in our dating. It's absolutely inevitable. You know, even Jennifer Aniston gets rejected, even supermodels get rejected. We all do, and it's not actually personal. I'm trying to remember that we, you know, we all say no sometimes. There are some people that we, you know, don't necessarily like, and it might have nothing to do with that other person. It's a personal preference. They might remind us of someone that we dislike. We might just not be that into them. And actually, we can take that so personally when we're on the receiving end of that. And yet so often it isn't really personal. One of my favorite tools around this is to reframe any anxiety as excitement. So you might have heard me talk about this study before where it was done at Harvard Business School and they got two groups of participants and they told them, right, you've got to go and sing um, Don't Stop Believing by Journey. And obviously this is kind of nerve wracking to do in front of your peers. And one group they said, tell yourself you're excited you know, write yourself little notes, get excited and, and really reframe this experience as something exciting and positive. And the second group, they said, you know, take deep breaths, try and calm yourself down, you know, visualize calmness. And you know what? The, the group that told themselves, I'm excited, felt better, felt more confident, performed better than the ones that were trying to calm themselves down. And that's because anxiety and excitement are very closely linked emotions. So, when it comes to dating, how can you tell yourself, I'm excited, see it as an opportunity, an adventure, a chance to meet someone, a chance to have a new experience. And when you treat it like that, it will feel like a more positive um, sensation when you've got those butterflies before you go off on your date. So someone else was asking about what to do first thing in the morning when you wake up and you want a ball of anxiety. And I hear this all the time from people that the morning can be a peak time for anxiety and that could be for lots of reasons. Firstly, our levels of cortisol are highest first thing in the morning so that could play a role. Secondly, it might be that you've got a stressful job or you've got a lot to do during the day and it can seem overwhelming. You're thinking about everything that needs to get done, perhaps you need to go to you know, different parts of town, different meetings, it can seem very overwhelming. So I think the morning time is such a crucial time for having some tools and techniques in place to ensure that you can calm yourself down and you can make the best of the day. The thing that I love to do, and I find it makes a massive difference for me, is to exercise in the morning. I'm sorry if that's a bit of a basic, obvious tip, but when you exercise, you're getting out of your head, you're getting into your body, you are using up 
some of that cortisol, some of that adrenaline, so it's not just pumping around your body, and you're producing those feel-good endorphins. So there's loads of reasons why exercising in the morning is really, really helpful. And apologies to anyone who is not a morning person. I'm a morning person, so it doesn't bother me too much to exercise first thing. But even if you're not a morning person, I would suggest trying it out for a couple of weeks. See how it feels. See what impact it might have on your level of anxiety. And if it makes a big difference, then maybe that will give you the motivation to really continue with that. What are other things you can do in the morning to ensure that you have a calm day ahead? It might be things like making sure that you have breakfast so that your blood sugar levels are balanced because having low blood sugar can make us feel anxious. It's a trigger for anxiety because we might get a bit dizzy, we might feel a bit shaky, we might feel you know, uneasy and we interpret low blood sugar as anxiety and it can cause that feeling of anxiety to spiral. So having a good breakfast could be really helpful for you. Some kind of morning practice. I do my transcendental meditation every single morning and it makes a big difference for me. So trying to have some form of meditation in the morning, I think is invaluable as well. The next question that came in was around boundaries. So I talk about this a lot in my book, Brave New Girls. So if you wanna learn more about that, you can check out the book. But boundaries is basically about letting other people know what is and what isn't okay with you. And for lots of us, from an early age, we've been taught and trained to not listen to ourselves, to put up with things, to be good girls and boys, and to keep other people happy. And so we're not very good sometimes at even knowing what it is that is okay with us and not okay. And secondly, we're not very good at communicating that. And in some ways, it's just about getting into the habit of asking yourself, how do I feel about this? Is this a yes for me? Was this a no for me? And starting to really tune into your body and notice what feels like a yes, what feels like a no. For me, a yes feels expansive, it feels exciting. And a no, I get this sense of contraction, almost a sense that I wanna run away. And so I've got much better over the years at really tuning into that and listening to whether something is a yes or a no for me so that I can communicate that to the other person. And when it comes to communicating it, I think one thing that's important to, to, to mention is that it's not always easy to talk about your boundaries, particularly if you have been, for example, to your family members, the person who always says yes and always drops everything to help out or lends people money or offers to cook or offers to drive. And suddenly, because you're exercising your boundaries more, you're actually starting to say no more. You're starting to say that you're not gonna be the one to take on all the extra work. And other people might not like that at first. It might be a bit of a adjustment period at first while other people get used to your boundaries. And what's really important in that case is just to try to stand firm in the face of other people maybe being upset or angry or irritated and just coming back to why it's important. Why are you setting this boundary? Is it to look after your own mental health? Is it so that you can give from an authentic place of love and not obligation and guilt? Is it so that you can really look after your own mental health? So really trying to come back to your why, why you're making that change can help to motivate you and give you that inspiration to 
carry on and keep going. The next question that came in was around self-worth. To be honest, this is such a massive topic. I talk a lot about this in The Anxiety Solution and in Brave New Girl, and I would probably say a lot of The Anxiety Solution is about self-worth and self-esteem because from my own experiences and the experiences of people that I have worked with, it really is at the root of a lot of our anxiety and a lot of our uncertainty and our worries when we don't feel good enough, when we don't feel valuable, when we don't feel that we're worthy, we're more likely to hold ourselves back. We're more likely to doubt ourselves. We're more likely to worry. We're more likely to feel scared going into situations. So working on your sense of self-worth is so, so key. And I think one first step to start to change this is to change the way that you speak to yourself. Now, the way that we speak to ourselves is one of the most important things, I believe, in our lives. We really have the power to make ourselves miserable by beating ourselves up about things and telling ourselves things that we would never say to you know, an enemy, let alone someone that really should be our best friend. So bringing it back to being your own best friend is such an important step when it comes to growing your self-worth and awareness is the first step to that. You know, actually just noticing, how am I speaking to myself today? checking in with yourself, really noticing, you know, what am I saying to myself? Did I really say that? Did I really call myself an idiot? Did I really say, oh, I'm fat, ugly? When we become aware of these things, then we can start to change them. Then we can start to really think about what would I want to say to a friend who was in this situation? And we can start to speak to ourselves in that way. And you've heard me say this so many times if you listen to the podcast um, regularly but honestly I don't think we can hear it enough we, we constantly need that reminder to be kinder to ourselves so that's my main piece of advice when it comes to self-worth the next question that came in was around sleep anxiety so this is a big topic sleep and anxiety are linked not everyone with anxiety struggles with sleep I meet lots of people who sleep really soundly but during the day you know worry and can't switch off and can't relax and yet it does often go hand in hand because if you are somebody that is overthinking in the day, you can be also somebody that gets into bed and that overthinking just can't switch off. And what I hear from insomniacs a lot is that when you get into bed, there can be a sense of dread and anticipation about expecting that you're not going to sleep well and feeling nervous and feeling worried that you're not going to sleep well and that in turn fuels the anxiety and makes it harder to sleep. So one thing that I always say to my clients who struggle with sleep is just a reminder that resting with your eyes closed, allowing your body to rest, allowing your eyes to rest is not as good but someone once told me 80% as good as being asleep. And so if we can take some of the pressure off ourselves when it comes to getting into bed and wanting to fall asleep, if we can just say to ourselves, right, resting with my eyes closed is almost as good so I can just allow myself to be awake, 
I don't need to fall asleep, I'm still resting and that's okay. And if we can be okay with that, we take the pressure off and we allow ourselves just to rest and you know what? Having that attitude means that you're more likely to fall asleep. But it's gotta be starting with taking the pressure off of yourself. Other things that can really help are listening to a guided relaxation, like the one that I give away on my website at karmau.com forward slash free, listening to a meditation, listening to an audiobook to help to distract you. One thing that can really help is reading before bed, reading not the news, not your phone, not social media, but reading some light fiction for 20 minutes or so before you want to go to sleep just to help you to distract yourself from whatever might be going on in your life, just to help you to, yeah, let go of the day and unwind and escape into a world of witches and wizards and that sort of thing, for example. Definitely, definitely recommend that. Okay, so the next question that came in was about fear of the future. What do I really want, this person is asking. I don't know, what do you want? Have you really asked yourself this question and spent time asking yourself this question in a structured way? And it might be that if it's available to you, working with a coach, whether that's a life coach or whether that's someone like myself that helps with you know, anxiety and confidence, can help to ask the right questions so that you can really figure out what's important to you and what it is that you want. Because life can be pretty overwhelming. We have a lot of options and that's a, a wonderful thing in lots of ways, but it can be overwhelming because there's a lot of choice or, you know, lots of us as well are perfectionists and we believe that there is out there one perfect solution for us, one perfect career choice or life choice or life partner out there. And if we do not obsess enough about what might be the right solution and we're, we're going to miss what's right for us or the right thing is going to pass us by but I'm always reminded of this quote you know if it's if it's for you it's not going to pass you by you're going to find it so just really having that trust and so how can you really start to drill down into what is important to you what is important to you and this is something that when I'm working with people with coaching is very central to the questions that I'm asking them, particularly in the first few sessions, so that your goals are really linked to what is important to you, what your values are, what matters to you, what lights you up, what gets you excited. And it's amazing how very often we don't know. We don't know what, what really matters to us. So asking yourself some questions what do I value in my life? What has to be there in my life? Even asking questions like, if I only had three years to live, what would I want to do? How would I spend my time? I'm really starting to explore some of these questions and other things that you could ask yourself might be, if money was not an option, what would I do? If I could do anything, what would I want to do? And asking yourself these questions, and I really suggest getting a notebook and a pen and doing a bit of journaling about this, can 
really help you to open your mind to what's possible because we put all these constraints on ourselves. We think, oh, that's not for me, or I can never do that, or I haven't got the money for that. But that really limits our thinking. And when we're really thinking about what we want and what we want to do with our lives, it's so important to expand our thinking as much as possible so that we're, it doesn't mean we have to go and do those things, but we're just allowing ourselves to explore all the relevant options, all the things that we could want to do, and then we can narrow it down at a later point. Another question which kind of links into this was someone wrote in about having anxiety over a lack of purpose. And I think there's a lot of pressure in certain ways to find a job that is going to be something that really fulfills your life's purpose. And while I think that's amazing and, you know, something that should be pursued or, or can be pursued, it kind of puts a lot of pressure on us and we negate the fact that we can actually do a job that is, you know, reasonably, reasonably fulfilling and it pays the bills and actually we can still find our meaning and purpose in other areas of our lives. We don't necessarily have to try and find a job that fulfills us in every way because there are lots of different ways that we can have a lack of have a sorry a sense of purpose in our lives so thinking about your life so far and what are the experiences that have really stood out to you as being really mean, meaningful to you have there been things in the past that have given you that sense of purpose or Another question you can ask yourself is, who else do you look at and think, I really admire them, I love what they're doing, I'd like to you know, have a bit of what they have. And it might be that you think, right, in the past there was this time that I volunteered and I found that so fulfilling, I loved connecting with people, I loved helping people. Or it might be that once you, I don't know, borrowed your neighbor's dog or looked after a neighbor's pet and you know asking yourself this question just reminds you of how meaningful that was for you so reflecting on those two questions and just see what comes up because it might be that there are things that you've already done or things that you can create that other people are doing that you can add into your life to give you a sense of meaning and purpose this episode is made possible by Dorset Cereals. Dorset Cereals believe that pleasure comes from the simple things in life and that moments need to be savoured, especially since life is so busy. And I totally agree. This all begins at breakfast time. So instead of rushing through breakfast or skipping it all together, why not slow down and enjoy every moment? Enjoy a breakfast on the slow and you'll be taking the first steps to a better day. All their delicious mueslis are vegan and high fibre and the ultimate muesli range doesn't contain any added sugar. I personally love their luscious berry and cherry muesli, well worth getting up a bit earlier to have time to savour. So now there are even more reasons to enjoy a calm moment at breakfast with Dorset Cereals. Take a look at dorsetcereals.co.uk to explore the range and discover how to be a little more Dorset. Okay, so someone else has written in asking about health anxiety. Again, such a massive topic and I get a lot of questions about health anxiety and I have to say it's such a yeah I just have a lot of compassion for anyone who's struggling with that having experienced it myself in the past I know how horrible it can be my number one tip is do not feed the fears 
step away from Google, step away from the NHS website, because the more you read, the more you research, you think to yourself that you are gonna be calming yourself down by finding out more and reading. But the reality is that you end up just feeding the fears, you're fueling the compulsion to check, to research, to seek reassurance. This reassurance seeking that we think is helping us actually ends up fueling a need for more reassurance. So I highly, highly recommend if it's available to you, stepping away from Google, putting a ban on researching symptoms and really trying to, I know it's difficult, but avoid, avoid getting reassurance from other people as well, because perhaps your partner or your friends or your family members are people who you will frequently go to and ask for reassurance and ask for advice. Or perhaps you go back to the doctor again and again, hoping for reassurance and more tests. But unfortunately, this can just feed the fears. The next thing that I wanna say about health anxiety is to try to relax with whatever symptoms you think you have, to try to surrender to whatever sensations you have, because what can often happen with health anxiety is that you read into every little tingle, every little ache, pain, headache, bit of discomfort, and the body will always, nearly always, have some weird sensations going on. It's so natural for that to happen. And, you know, 99.999% of the time, these little symptoms that we all get, you know, from time to time, day to day, are completely harmless and they go away by themselves. And yet what happens in health anxiety is that we read into them and our imagination goes wild. And so really getting into a practice of just trying as much as possible to accept any little sensations or quote-unquote symptoms that you might notice and surrender to them and tell yourself it's going to pass. Really try not to overthink them or read into them too much or catastrophize about them. You know, catastrophization is when your mind goes to the worst case possible scenario and you imagine all the things that could go wrong and, um, you know, that is a very common symptom of anxiety and sometimes just labelling, right, I'm catastrophizing now, I'm thinking the worst, and chances are this little headache is gonna go away by itself. And just lastly, if you have health anxiety, definitely, definitely get some help for it. You don't need to struggle with this alone. It is something that can be treated, whether or not you come and see a hypnotherapist, whether you go and look into CBT, you speak to your doctor about getting a referral to CBT, please, please do go and get some help because it's a horrible thing to suffer with and yet you don't need to you know continue to suffer in that way so i really hope you'll get some help okay so the next uh question that came in was around anxiety from big life changes so whether that's a breakup whether that's leaving uni moving job moving home and all of these things you know any any kind of change can trigger our anxiety because Change means moving away from our comfort zone and it means going into the quote unquote unknown. And that can seem scary. And yet, you know, how many changes have you gone through already in your life that have turned out okay? You know, chances are you've already 
done things like moved home, you've already grown up, you've been born, you've learned to read and write and walk and talk and you've done all these things that at the time would have seemed like really new experiences and yet here you are having survived 100% of the challenges that you've faced so far in your life and again I think it comes down to embracing the unknown, trusting that you have everything you need within you, that you're actually built for life and I'm always saying this to my clients and reminding people that as human beings your ancestors have survived incredible challenges, ice ages, having to move across continents, surviving droughts and famine and weather changes and yeah all that survival instinct, all that resourcefulness is within you, it's in your DNA. So you can handle a breakup, you can handle moving home, you have 100% got this and please try to remember that you are much more capable and amazing than you think you are. Okay so the last question that I'm going to answer before I leave it for now and let you get on with the rest of your <laughs> day is about SAD in autumn, seasonal affective disorder. So if you don't know what this is, it is something that happens often in the autumn and in the, in the winter caused by a lack of sunlight and it might produce symptoms such as having a lower mood, having less energy, feeling depressed, feeling more likely to be anxious and yeah so it's really linked with the seasons so autumn and winter and what's really important with SAD is to try to get that sunlight exposure and the best time of day to expose yourself to the sunlight is actually first thing in the morning so getting out in the morning for your exercise, having a run, having a walk, walking the dog, walking to the bus on your way to work are all ways that you can just be getting that sunlight in your eyes in the morning and it has the effect of regulating your circadian rhythms and ensuring that things are all functioning in the way that they should. So please do get outside. Another thing to remember is that in the UK, most of us are deficient in vitamin D and that's because we make most of our vitamin D from sunlight and a lot of us are not getting enough sunlight and this is particularly for people who have darker skin or people like me, sun dodgers basically, who wear factor 50 <laughs> and burn really easily and don't get much sunlight. Vitamin D supplement is really important especially in the autumn and winter and vitamin D has been linked to our mental health so we really want to make sure that we are getting enough so recommend you take a supplement. So I really hope that you've benefited from these questions and answers. Come on over to Instagram and let me know what you thought of this. Come and find me at Chloe Brotheridge and I would love to hear from you and as always if you have enjoyed this episode, I'd be so grateful if you would leave me a review so that other people can find the podcast and we can spread the word. And please do subscribe to make sure that you're getting all the new episodes as they come out weekly. So I hope you have a wonderful week ahead. I'm sending you lots of love and I hope you'll tune in again soon.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.